Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to Ben Squared, an Invesco podcast which aims to update you on the major market stories in just 10 minutes. I'm Ben Gutteridge, a self-enthusiast from our multi-asset strategies team, and my co-host is Ben Jones, a really nice chap I met by the salad bar, who also serves as director of macro research within Invesco's multi-asset strategies team. In today's episode, we want to discuss general market strength, the latest on US inflation, then round out with a brief comment on the ECB and Bank of England if we've got time. Uh, But before any of that, please note this recording is intended for UK professional investors only, should not be considered as investment advice, and that any capital invested is always capital at risk. Finally, do hang on after the conversation is concluded to hear some additional important disclaimers. Okay, Ben, lovely to get some time with you as always. But you know what? It's not just your company that puts me in a good mood. It's markets too, which have been performing really quite nicely this year and of late. So, Ben, are you in similar spirits or are you feeling a little bit more apprehensive? Are you going to spoil the mood here? Well, I don't know if I want. I I probably will spoil the mood a little bit, but let's be honest. Not your intention, then, obviously. Not my intention, no, no, no. And we've made it to episode two, so I can't sort of rain on (laughs) our parade too much, of course, as well. So, um, look, look, I've been a little bit apprehensive on on stock markets and risk assets through the the course of this year, and let me be open and honest and say I've been wrong in that um, in that view. Um, I've not been alone and wrong, but I have been uh, been wrong. Um, I think in terms of, of markets, look, there's been a few things that have been uh, driving markets higher over the, the course of this year, and a few, few things we need to look for that are, are likely to, to change. The beginning part, um, as we've talked about um, previously, was largely driven by a lot of um, abundant liquidity um, in the system, some semblance that inflation was coming um, lower or starting to traject lower, but I think that is going to be a um, slow uh, process. Now, in the last couple of months, the real story has been the sort of narrowness of the U.S. equity market performance. Really, much of the U.S. was driven by just a very, very few um, names. Um, and some of that was on this this idea that um, AI is suddenly going to boost productivity. And it's those companies that are going to support AI that are going to see the big earnings growth and are going to be the big winners. Um, but in June, we started to see that um, performance uh, broaden out um, a little bit. Um, now, as you and I have discussed, I think the way that I tend to look at the market is I want a bit of a, a barbell approach. So I like some of those sort of growthier sort of tech names, but I equally like some of those um, value names at the other end of the um, of the spectrum as well. But certainly something in the last couple of weeks has shifted a little bit in, um, in markets. Um, but I am still a little bit apprehensive of what the second half holds. Well, I mean, just on that uh, AI comment and the potential productivity boom, I mean, sort of in response to Jack, GBT and the fear it sort of instilled in me that was almost uh, was the catalyst for launching this uh, this podcast. So I think it can be productivity uh, enhancing. But you know what what are the other reasons why markets might just maintain some strength into into the end of the year? Well, I mean the the, the main thing really is that um, if growth does accelerate or sort of holds up reasonably uh, well, um, and inflation moderates more quickly than, than most people think, if uh, inflation com- continues to come down in a broad fashion, then perhaps we do get that soft landing that the Fed projections seem to suggest that we're that we're going to to get. But the other thing we've got to be very careful of and, and look at, and we talked about this last week, is liquidity in the system. As we talked about last time, with the debt ceiling being lifted, there needs to be a lot of T-bill issuance. Um, and if money market funds don't buy that, if money doesn't come out of RRP, 
then potentially there's a big liquidity drain in the system. And I see that as being a headwind. Now, thus far, actually, RRB is starting to decline slightly. So if that continues, if inflation continues to fall and growth kind of holds up okay, well, that is then the bull case for equities. And we can continue to see equities um, rallying from here, potentially. Okay, well, let's flip to US inflation then. I mean, it's always Mm. such a dominant news story and one we're going to talk about lots, I'm sure. But any data over the past week that you'd, uh, you'd pick out? Yeah, you've had sort of the CPI and PPI numbers in the last uh, week or so, and I'd say very much um, mixed on the inflation uh, front. You've had some good news and some uh, some bad news um, on the inflation um, data. Um, food prices in the US was one where there was some positive news. Um, they were fall, starting to fall really quite rapidly in some cases. Um, there was some really excellent news, should we say, when it comes to egg prices. Uh, retail egg prices fell um, 14%. That was after wholesale prices had been falling for a for a couple of months. So um, that's certainly a sign that inflation um, is is coming down. But on the bad news side, um, core, core CPI rose uh, by about 0.44% last, uh, uh, last month. Um, and the year-on-year rate um, only fell by two-tenths of a percent to 5.3%. So 5.3%, that's well above the, um, the Fed target. Um, so, yes, yeah, some good news in the sense that some categories of inflation are, are falling. But if you look at the core measure of inflation, that's still way, way, way above the Fed's target. Well, I'll do the yokes. Thanks, Ben. But uh, <laughs> well, on the subject of uh, inflation, it always sort of seems to me that commentators will circle back to wages as being like a crucial determinant of how the Fed's policy is going to evolve. You know, has there been what is your latest read on it? Has there been any data that you point to out of late? Yeah, I mean, the wage data over over recent weeks, again, is uh, sort of moderating slightly, but is still very much conducive with 4% CPI, uh, not, again, the 2% target. So the, the wage data, yeah, a little bit better. And as we've talked about again before, there are a few cracks appearing in the labour market, but but not enough to suggest that the uh, the Fed is about to slash interest rates from here. OK, well, they may not slash, but... Uh... We are in this skip phase, which uh, I first learned from you, Ben. So thanks very much. Um, But are we in uh, an extended pause territory? Is July still on? What about policy thereafter? Yeah, I think um, July is very much live. I think we probably will get a 25 basis point hike then. Um, I think the interesting thing last week was um, it was a hawkish pause or a hawkish skip, depending on how you want to determine it. Um, if you look at the GDP forecast and the unemployment forecast that came out from the FOMC, they were uh, revised um, higher and lower successively. So sort of better data, higher GDP expected, lower unemployment expected. Um, and importantly, the dot plot was slightly revised higher um, as well. Um, so it was a bit interesting actually then to see that you had this sort of what sort of more hawkish tone from the Fed. But then actually markets uh, performed reasonably well at the back end of, uh, of last week. And I think that suggests that markets are more focused on the growth element rather than the, the rate element at the, um, at the moment. Um, but if you get the GDP numbers, you get the unemployment numbers that the FOMC is suggesting, the inflation numbers, as we, we've talked about. I mean, the forecast for the FOMC's own forecast for core PCE, their preferred measure of inflation, is still 4% at the end of, uh, of this year. So that's not, for me, um, conducive to, to rate cuts. That probably means more rate hikes. So I think probably two further rate hikes over the course of 2023, possibly even three. There's even one 
FOMC member that says um, four rate hikes this year, if you look at that, um, that dot plot. Um, but then it's suggesting sort of cuts in, in 2024. To get that, I do think you need to see the, the data deteriorate really quite um, quite strongly. And look, that might happen, and we'll, we'll change our views and change our um, when the uh, when the facts change. But as the facts sit today, I think yeah, more hikes still to come. Okay, right. Well, uh, certainly out of consensus, I would say, in that uh, more hawkish narrative. Uh, but let's round out with some comments on the ECB. Uh, also, a bank that seems pretty committed to higher rates, or at least. Uh, that appeared to be the case, but is there there sort of a growing rebellion from within the ECB about the hawkish trajectory for policy? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's a little bit like what we just talked about on the Fed. There's some mixed data coming through, and there's some really some mixed comments coming through from the ECB speakers um, at the moment. Um, so again, if you look at the um, inflation data, inflation is still way, way, way above um, target, but you are seeing some of the PPI data coming down really quite quickly um, at the moment. So that, again, suggesting that the inflation pressures are easing quite um, quite substantially. Inflation surprises are finally coming down um, as well. Um, if you listen to people like Philip Lane, he was speaking yesterday, he said a lot of hiking is already done. Um, so there are some certainly doves out there and the doves are getting more vocal now. Um, but then you had um, Isabel Schnabel on the other side of the fence um, speaking later in the day saying uh, we need to err on the side of doing too much rather than too little. So very much focused there on the inflation um, being, uh, being a problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bit of data for everybody, for, for the doves and the hawks out there. But I would say I think doves are getting more vocal, but the hawks are probably more in control of the ECB at the moment. Uh, OK, quickly then, uh, Bank of England making a decision this week. 25 bips nailed on. What do you think? 20, 25 bips nailed on. Absolutely, yeah. And again, look, there are some some mixed um, data, and obviously there's some real fears in the mortgage uh, market at the moment. That's certainly been, I think, the a lot of the news stories that I've read from uh, from the various news channels over the last few days or so. Um, but again, given the inflation uh, backdrop, given the very tight labour market that we've chatted about previously as well, um, I think yeah, 25 basis points nailed on for Wednesday this week. Okay, right. Well, we'll be sure to discuss how ECB policy, Bank of England policy and, of course, Fed policy uh, is evolved and expectations uh, for policy in future podcasts. But uh, with a cricket match to watch, I mean, with work to be getting on with, uh, we really better call time there, Ben. So thanks, as always, for your contribution. Our biggest thanks to you, our listeners. And uh, we hope you can join us in a couple of weeks for our next Ben Squared update. Uh, before you go, however, please do listen to the following investment risks and information. The value of investments and any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of exchange rate fluctuations and investors may not get back the full amount invested. This podcast is intended for UK professional clients only and is not for consumer use. Views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. This is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication. Issued by Invesco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.